Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business, cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well-being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Hello and welcome. Today's conversation is with my friend, colleague, and fellow massage therapist, Isabel Spradlin of Spradlin Body Works. And Isabel's passion is abdominal adhesions, or what I'm going to call stuck belly stuff. And in fact, so many of us, I think she said something like 90% or more of people are going around through their lives with these abdominal adhesions, and they can cause a whole host of problems and symptoms like nausea, pain, and especially digestive disorders. So I am totally inspired and ready just to start getting abdominal work myself because abdominal adhesion work can sometimes be a great and very safe, if done correctly through a practitioner that's been trained, very safe way to address issues like acid reflux without medication, and in some cases, even avoid surgery. So I think you're going to learn a lot in this episode, as I did myself, even being a massage therapist, knowing about anatomy, I felt like I just learned a whole bunch of stuff. She like totally blew my mind. And then you're going to possibly learn that maybe some of the things that you yourself are dealing with or someone that you care about, or if you're a practitioner listening, um, have seen your patients and clients deal with that maybe the answer could be abdominal adhesion work. So hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. There's a whole bunch of links in the show notes, including links to a self-care program that's online that Isabel has developed. And towards the end of this episode, she'll actually describe one of those self-care techniques. So you can take something away right away after listening to this podcast. Enjoy. So I'm here with my friend and colleague, Isabel Spradlin of Spradlin Body Works, and we have been having a great conversation about um, everything not business-related, not massage-related, um, camping and self-care and all kinds of fun things. Um, but now we're going to shift gears and we're going to chat more about her wonderful bodywork practice. Um, so Isabel, let's, let's uh, tell everybody... What exactly is it that you do on the uh, body work front and how you got there? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so my licensure is as a licensed massage therapist. And I started my practice 12 years ago in 2007. And for the last 10 years of that, I have focused almost exclusively on abdominal work. Mm -hmm. You know, in those first few years, I was just sort of building the skill figuring out how, what I wanted to work with in that. And then, um, but at this point, I really, my exclusive work, I only take in clients who are needing some sort of abdominal help. And that's as a result of abdominal adhesions that may be causing all sorts of different pain 
lots of chronic pain. Sometimes it's through digestive issues. They're working with SIBO or IBS or other conditions of the gut. Um, and as a part of resolving those conditions, the hands-on work in the belly, the abdominal massage, plays a huge part in making sure that the gut is functioning well within the belly. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, anybody who's had any kind of abdominal surgery. So there are lots of those happening, whether it's an appendix removal mm -hmm. or a cesarean section or um, it, you know, a gallbladder removal or maybe a lapar laparotomy. You know, mm -hmm. there's thousands of different surgeries that can happen in the abdomen. I've worked with people who have donated kidneys. Um, wow. Uh, had maybe a, can a surgery for cancer to remove mm -hmm. cancer from somewhere in their abdomen. Prostate cancer, for example. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, hysterectomies or something to do, you know, with repairing or removing parts of the reproductive system. Mm -hmm. So you name it, I've generally seen it uh -huh. as far as surgeries go. So I do a lot of post-surgical work, helping to make sure that people are keeping their scars as healthy as possible so that the scar tissue in the long run doesn't create problems with the digestive system or with the urinary tract or the bladder, you know, um, that if somebody has been struggling with endometriosis, that it, that it, you know, it, that the tissues of their belly stay healthy enough and moving well enough within the abdominal cavity so that they can have full function and not be plagued by chronic pain or bowel obstructions having to end up in the ER frequently for that. Mm -hmm. So it, it covers a quite a huge yeah. range of things. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I have never asked this before. What got you into this passion for helping people with abdominal issues? A client. So okay. in the, it was like a year and a half ish into my practice. When I started my practice, I knew I only wanted to do injury recovery work. Mm -hmm. And I was working with athletes and dancers and things like that. And my chiropractor sent me one of her clients who was getting ready to actually fly to Germany. So Europe has different surgical protocols. Uh, just kind of in lots of different areas that aren't approved by the FDA in the United States. So people end up traveling, especially for the abdominal stuff. Um, not especially for, but it, Europe just has different, different medical techniques that yeah. they use over there than often we have over here. So she was getting ready to fly to Germany because she had already had one surgery here in the States for abdominal pain, abdominal adhesions, and it had um, not worked which is often the case for surgeries that are specifically for abdominal adhesions. And yeah. so her chiropractor said, well, try seeing Isabel before you go, just, just in case it works. And at that time, I had no concept of the belly as like a separate part of the body mm -hmm. from, from any other part of the body. It was just such a natural extension of my work. And I had already of course, with injury recovery, we end up doing lots of psoas work. So I'd already been working through the belly to get to that deepest psoas muscle. And without any real understanding, I just knew because I had been trained that, that the guts sort of, if you access the belly in the right way, the guts will just kind of slip out of your way to let you access that deeper stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I'd already been doing that. And, and when this client came in with 
such extreme pain. She had been in chronic pain for years. She was no longer able to work. She couldn't exercise anymore. She was having troubles just getting day to day through her life. And after, and I, and I sort of took her in like, yeah, yeah. Of course, let's look at this from like a myofascial perspective. Uh -huh. and in the abdomen, okay, there are organs there. I'll be careful, <laughs> not gonna <laughs> rupture anything, right? <laughs> and we started working, and within six sessions, she was able to start working out again and start working again. Wow. Going to work again. And she was, and she was starting to taper off of her pain medications. Wow. And that was after six sessions, right? That's yeah. not a lot. Uh-uh. And she said, Isabel, do you have any idea how many people are suffering from abdominal adhesions? And I, at that time, I didn't even know it was its own diagnosis. I didn't know that. Actually, I've been a massage therapist for a long time and didn't know that abdominal adhesions was a because separate. This is like a huge blank space for so many body workers. And I'm trying to change that desperately. Yes. We'll um, talk about that later. <laughs> yes. Because so many people need this help with their bellies. And, yeah. And so the people who are in enough pain to end up at their doctor for it or the emergency room for it and actually get a diagnosis of abdominal adhesions, mm -hmm. then they start searching, right? For how do I deal with this and hopefully deal with it without having to go through multiple more surgeries. Right, doesn't that just cause more adhesions? Yes, it does. <laughs> and so in the time that I've been, I've been doing this a decade, right? The abdominal specific work for a decade. And in that time, so once my client finally convinced me to start researching it, like yeah. she just hounded me for probably six months before I really took her seriously that other people really needed to know that this could be dealt with in a non-surgical way. Um, and really with, I mean, six sessions, are you kidding me? Like to have any kind of feel better after six yeah. sessions, after you've been in chronic pain for years and debilitatingly so. Yeah. Um, and she just hounded me. And so I finally started researching it and I was shocked and furious by the information that was out there, which at that time, 10 years ago, the information that was out there was surgery is the only way to get rid of adhesions. And and the other piece of information that was out there is, if you take this supplement, it'll get rid of your adhesions. What? <laughs> yeah, those were the two pieces of information that were out there. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay, this is crazy. Oh, wow. And, and this was at the time that Clear Passage, so they're, they're like the group of physical therapists who, um, they kind of were starting to become known for doing a lot of work with abdominal adhesion mm -hmm. as well. So they're like probably, they come up pretty consistently when you research abdominal adhesions, but it mm -hmm. was like them and then the snake oil and then the surgeons um, wow. wanting to do more surgery. And, and so I was just like, more information has to get out there. Yeah. So at that time, I just started writing articles. I bought a URL called abdominaladhesiontreatment.com. It still exists. It's still out there. Awesome. Um, and I still put new information on there. I have my blog posts on there, and I do interviews with other practitioners who do abdominal work. I am always looking, like keeping an eye on articles that are coming out about adhesions and all of that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to post informative articles about all, all kinds of different stuff especially around the post-surgical stuff. So lately I've really been focusing on helping moms because cesarean births are like 30% of births more. That's like 36% of births in the United States right now, which is a huge oh number of women. God. Yeah. Wow. That are ending up with 
major abdominal scarring because of their birth. And that's, you know, like whatever needs to happen to get you through your birth. But then like, we need to make sure that you're really recovering from that. Right. So I've been posting a lot more about recovering from birth and I've been working with a lot more moms after giving birth, which has Mm -hmm. been super cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I feel like there's so much happening here and we're so, um, we need so many more people who are able to work with the abdomen in both a safe and effective way. Yes. Yes. Safe and effective because, you know, as a massage therapist, I've done abdominal and quote massage, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'll rub your belly. You know, I know how to, I know how to release a few things around the diaphragm and yeah, I can get into work on the psoas, but um, there is so much more. I mean, I've touched people's bellies that must have just massive adhesions you can just, it's just, you can hardly get in. Like you said, like even just to get around those organs and stuff. And I'm definitely not trained enough to do that. So it's awesome to know that there are body workers like you out there that are completely trained to get in there and not damage the organs while doing so. Um, and really get to the adhesions. So let's talk about what an adhesion is. Let's just, let's go back a little bit for some people that maybe don't know exactly what that means. Right. To have abdominal adhesions. What does that mean? What, so you already said surgery, childbirth, you already listed off all the reasons it can happen, but what is it? What does that mean? An excellent question. And, (laughs) and it depends on, okay, so let's start here. The medical definition of an adhesion Mm -hmm. is scar tissue. So Mm -hmm. in medical speak, adhesion equals scar tissue, which is a discrete form of tissue that forms in the body in response to trauma. Mm -hmm. And that trauma can be blunt force trauma. So I've worked with people who, well, one woman who fell off, she was on a boat, a double decker boat and fell off the top deck of the boat and landed on the railing like right oh. over the railing of the bottom oh that makes my hurt belly hurt know, it's horrible it. right and so scar tissue will form in response to that level of trauma I oh interesting martial artists who re- sustain repeated blows to the belly yeah uh, over time right um and it's not that every blunt force trauma creates adhesion but if we're slightly dehydrated or really dehydrated or if we receive some sort of blunt force trauma to the belly, and then we go to work and sit for eight hours, or we sit in a car, you know, like maybe we're out hiking, we fall, something happens, and then um, we sit in the car for four hours to drive back, or whatever. Like there are these combinations of things that set up stickiness in the belly. Um, And that's the second part of this. So in medical speak, adhesion equals scar tissue. Mm -hmm. In practical terms, like the work that I do hands-on, not all adhesion is discrete forms of scar tissue. So so the other thing, of course, that scar tissue does is it will close a wound for us. Mm -hmm. We need scar tissue. We need that discrete form of scar tissue to form, to help us recover, to help us heal. Yeah. But then there are all of these other you could think of it maybe as like secondary types of adhesion that come from dehydration, repetitive movement, repetitive sitting, even just stress levels in our life. Um, And those forms of adhesion, like when you get a shoulder ache or a headache Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, my neck is so tight. There's almost always adhesion in there, Mm -hmm. by which I mean there are tissues that are stuck to each other. 
And it's not that scar tissue has formed, it's that there's not enough blood flow to keep things moving and slipping and sliding. Yeah. And so that little bit of, um, of uh, like, and there's often a dehydration component to it. But if we, you know, maybe we do some something out of the ordinary or we're like holding our babies all the time and not saying hydrated enough or just holding yeah. our babies all the time and our muscles create little spasms in themselves or there's all these different really subtle ways that we live life. It's not an ailment to have adhesions necessarily, yeah. but we want to keep an eye on it and get those rubbed out, right? Yeah. Um, and so those are the kind of the two different ways to think about adhesions and uh-huh. anybody can have adhesions. In fact, there are cadaver studies that have been done showing that like 98% of people, well, of cadavers, <laughs> have <laughs> abdominal adhesions of some sort, yeah. even if they're never symptomatic. So yeah. we all have adhesions in our bodies mm-hmm. and we have different sensitivities to them. We have different lives that we lead. We have yeah. different um, range of motion within our own bodies, like everybody's different. And so some of us will never express a symptom related to the adhesions. And some of us are very sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. And even just a little bit of adhesion will cause a lot of distress. So there's this continuum. Yeah. So that's really interesting because yeah, I think a lot of times when you hear the word adhesion, you think scar tissue. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, that's a good, a good, uh, way to just, yeah, it's a, it's so much, so much more than just scar tissue. Um, and so you were saying, uh, symptoms. So what are some of the symptoms that people can experience or that you see them experiencing when they come to see you, if they have a great amount of abdominal adhesions or even maybe just a small amount of exactly big problems. Exactly. That's right. It does not have to be a huge amount of adhesion to cause really distressing things to be Mm -hmm. happening. the gut, the intestines, you know, mm-hmm. like 24 to 27 feet, depending on your size of intestines stuffed inside our bellies. Right? Yeah. So this is one of the biggest things that I work with and bowel obstructions are actually a symptom. So it's its own problem as well, but bowel obstructions are a symptom of the intestinal loops. Very often, sometimes it's just inside the gut that gets triggered. There's so much inflammation inside the gut that it, yeah. it kind of closes off the passage and things, food can't get through. Mm-hmm. But a huge number of the people that come to me after having had a bowel obstruction, and if you've ever had one, you never want to go through that again. I've heard it's terrible. It's excruciating. <laughs> yeah. And most people end up in the ER for it mm-hmm. because it's so bad. Yeah. And thankfully, so there's been this shift in the amount of time that I've been doing this work about five years ago, I started really noticing a difference in clients coming in and saying, well, my doctor does, won't do more surgery or my doctor didn't want to do surgery to check this out because it makes it worse. So something in the medical field is shifting, which is That's great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But it also leaves people with like one less option Yeah. and doctors aren't necessarily, some of them are, some of them are very slowly bringing this into their, their field of reference. Mm -hmm. But most doctors don't say, I'm not going to do surgery. Go get abdominal massage instead. Most of them say, I'm not doing surgery. How many pills do you want, you know, um, to manage the pain? You're just going to have to live with this Uh, is what so many people hear. And that whole, like, you're just going to have to live with this is crushing. And yeah, 
And I just want people to know, like, that's maybe one in a hundred cases that's true. But for the rest of us, like, abdominal massage, yo, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. And it's, the techniques involved with it are not rocket science. Yeah. They do take some learning and it does take some, you have to develop a new kind of sensitivity as a body worker. But once you have the framework down, it's really, and you can learn to massage your own belly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and get results in a safe and effective way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, obstructions is, is one of the, <laughs> I got total <laughs> That's okay. um, and I was just going to say, so like, for instance, I've thought about this often. I've actually thought about you often. I've had quite a few clients, um, that have had like a tummy tuck, let's say, so oh, kind of, sure. you know, um, I don't know. Do they still call it plastic surgery? I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of reconstructive surgery. Right. Or bariatric um, surgery. Yeah. Uh, so like with the tummy tuck, I've noticed a lot of my clients also then end up having really bad low back pain and yeah. back symptoms. And oftentimes will then even need to get or be told they need to get because they probably don't actually, they probably needed abdominal work, <laughs> but then need back surgery, you know, because they yeah. have disc problems. And so my, intuitively, I always think it must be those adhesions kind of like pulling on, pulling everything out of alignment and like pulling on the spine. Is that, is that true? Can that happen from it, abdominal adhesions? It's a little more complex than like a straight line from the, mm -hmm. the adhesions to the back pain. Yeah. It has to do with the way that tension patterns develop in our bodies overall. But like when you're in the abdomen, we have what we call the abdominal wall, right? So it's, it's the wall of muscle and fascia and skin and all of the other things that exist in there, the lymph, the circulatory system, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, the abdominal wall, which wraps around onto our backs, um, yeah. is what that muscular and fascial and skin structure is what protects the abdominal organs because we don't have bony structure there, mm -hmm. right? And so because it's all soft tissue, creating this structure that keeps our guts inside of us and protects them. Mm -hmm. um, it's really susceptible to changes in tension mm. and tension patterns are what help keep us balanced from front to back. Mm -hmm. And it's, Tension patterns are part of what keeps our spine balanced and tension patterns. If you're removing tissue, uh, from the belly, that tension pattern is going to radically change. Yeah. And if you aren't, if you're going to remove that much tissue, uh, even if it's what you consider superficial or extra tissue, mm -hmm. the body has to adjust the tension patterns. And so my guess would be is that the people who I've had one client, and this was years ago, who went through a tummy tuck and mm -hmm. she me for the abdominal repercussions of it but she's the only one I've had so I haven't had a lot of experience with with this specifically but I think my first thing I'd say there is it's really about you have changed the tension patterns and you've changed the muscle balance mm -hmm. so in a in a surgery like that you're not removing muscle you're re removing fascia and the fatty tissue in that's contained in that mm -hmm. that is such a major change to the tension patterns in your body that you're going to have to redevelop your muscles to work together and you're going to have to redevelop how your muscles that interact with your pelvis mm -hmm. um act essentially so you have to do yeah. a whole new like i would say you need to go to a pt and start 
rebalancing all of that muscular and fascial structure mm -hmm. made a radical change to it. Um, and yes. I would suggest that before surgery of any kind. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm thinking they should probably also be getting abdominal work though, because there's obvious scar yeah. tissue as well. Yes. With that. So I think, I think. And that's part of those tension patterns. Like you, you're not just changing. You're not just like changing the you're not just removing something you are actually adding in scar tissue yeah so it's not just that you're taking out the fatty tissue or whatever you was removed which mm -hmm. is that's what it is but yeah you're not just taking stuff out you are actually adding in scar tissue that acts in a different way than non-scar tissue acts in the body um so yes you're right i mean you, you really need to be keeping an eye on that as well yeah yeah so um Okay, so back to some other symptoms then, because yeah. we keep getting off track with that. <laughs> um, yeah, what? Yeah, what are just some? Because a lot of times, I mean, you just don't know, right? And you do go to a medical doctor that maybe just yeah treats you for right, where so. you're probably not even gonna get treated for zebo, honestly, right? By a medical doctor, you have to go to a naturopath for that. But anyway, that's a different topic for a different time. Um, but like, yeah, CBO so other right? symptoms yeah, what are. are yeah, so bowel obstructions and just as an extension of that digestive distress of any kind. So if you have never really been prone to gas or bloating in your belly before and suddenly you're getting it, that's often a symptom of something happening. Okay. Um, an inability to get a full breath. So that can be really related to the ribs and the structure of your, and your rib cage being bound by muscle front and back and sides and all of that. But it can also be how your diaphragm is functioning. And that can be related to your abdominal wall or um things like that so the inability to get a full breath what i see a lot is people when they eat they either feel like their stomach can't expand enough to hold the food that they need to get into their body to feel full and so they're constantly hungry but when they eat it's just they'll eat a few bites and then they just can't eat anymore okay. because it's so uncomfortable um nausea sometimes comes with this Reflux is a huge symptom that comes with abdominal adhesions, um, and that can be caused by all sorts of for all sorts of different reasons. But the imbalance of the muscles, again, those tension patterns or adhesions holding things, your organs, a little bit out of their ideal place in your belly, and the ideal place is not the same for everybody. It's what I mean is the ideal place for your body. Um, so figuring that out. Uh, but reflux is often angered, you know, like all of that in kind of indigestion is a very common symptom. Mm -hmm. uh, pain with digestion or urination. Okay. Sometimes urination will be the same, but suddenly you're getting these like sharp, stabby pains. Um, mm. Or same with digestion, like throughout your day, like you'll feel something kind of shift in your gut and then there's a sharp, stabbing pain. And it doesn't necessarily last, but it's weird and it's concerning. Yeah. Um, those are symptoms of can be symptoms of the intestinal loops or the bladder being held by adhesion, either true blue scar adhesion, or this other kind of, they're just kind of stuck together. Like the intestinal loops and the bladder and everything, it's all really crammed in there. They all touch each other in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And if the intestinal loops are stuck to each other, like it's just stuck to its buddy that's like squished right up against it uh -huh. every time food tries to move through there and it tries to expand or contract it's going to be essentially yanking on the other loops or your abdominal wall 
Yeah. That yanking can really set up some pain patterns there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to make sure your intestinal loops are not stuck to each other. And also mm-hmm. that the whole bowl of spaghetti of the intestinal <laughs> yeah. loops is like moving freely within, uh, when I say moving freely, that it's mobile, that it, it yeah. is kind of shift a little bit side to side or up and down in your abdominal cavity, which is not to say it's free floating. There are tethers, there are ligaments that hold our guts in place. Uh-huh. But what I'm talking about is like, and like you were talking about, you have a client that you touch their belly and it's just hard to the touch. Yeah. Um, we need more mobility of the tissues to have, to not have these symptoms that I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. So are there any symptoms ever that you find um, seemingly totally unrelated to abdominal adhesions, such as a shoulder thing or even? No, there's often lots of referrals. So somebody, as I'm working through their belly, and this is very common. And so I created years ago, six, seven years ago, I created a set of videos that people can buy to learn how to massage their own bellies so that if they wow. have a practitioner near them, they can okay. do it for themselves safely, Nice, <laughs> but also yeah. to get results, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so reports from people who have used, you know, thousands of people, which is so cool. Like thousands of people have learned to, to massage their own bellies. Like, oh my gosh, it just makes yeah. me so happy. Um, but uh, reports that I get back from people, they'll be like, well, my pain is on this part of my belly. But when I touch this part of my belly, suddenly like my shoulder hurts or my shoulder blade like twitches or all these different things. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a problem area. Like, is it dangerous? And so we walk through that, you know, like, but it's very common. And when I'm working with my clients, yes, I'll touch a part of their belly. And often the response is, you know, I can feel the restriction because I've been doing this a long time. Um, And they'll be like, holy mackerel, that is causing my hip to hurt or my back or my shoulder or like, what is happening there? I didn't even know that was a problem place. Yeah. Um, And so, yes, it can cause all sorts of different distress that we're not even aware of happening. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's not only is there the whole thing of the gut brain, right? Like the gut yes. um, affects so many, so much psychologically, all kinds of different things it can do, but it's in the middle of our body yeah. <laughs> and it's right around our spine and it, it just makes sense that if something's out of balance right in the middle, the center of our core, the core of us it's going to probably affect our whole body in all kinds of different weird ways. It definitely can. And actually one of the things that's sort of known about abdominal work is that for people with TMJ or big jaw mm-hmm. issues, the abdominal work relieves that oftentimes. Yeah. Um, and there's all sorts of speculate, like a lot of these connections are not fully understood, but we yeah. do know that the vagus nerve, which comes out of, you know, the skull, the base of the mm-hmm. skull, comes down both sides of the neck. So it, it branches immediately from the base of our brain, basically down, um, down both sides of our neck and then innervates the heart, the lungs. It innervates basic, the vagus nerve is massive. It's like the mm-hmm. largest nerve in the body and vagus means wandering. So when you think about it, it's, it's the wandering nerve and mm-hmm. it innervates almost every abdominal organ that we have. And some say it innervates every abdominal organ that we have. So 
lungs, heart, the, the digestive system, the reproductive system, the kidneys, you know, all of this. Mm -hmm. um, and so that nerve, because we're touching all of these branches of it in the course of our abdominal work, uh -huh. it's not like the nerve just outputs information to tell our our organs how to work, it's also taking information in. And so as we're accessing and working with the the vagus nerve, mm -hmm. and not even necessarily on purpose, like when I'm helping somebody unstick their intestinal loops, I'm not yeah. thinking vagus nerve, I'm thinking yeah. intestinal loops. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still affecting the vagus nerve and it sends that information back through the nervous system. And so it's just accessing so much of that center, like you were talking about. So it's not even just about the physical center, it's also this nervous center. Yeah. And then increasingly we know there's like as many or more gray cells, brain cells in the gut as there are in the brain. And so scientists actually no longer talk about the brain, they talk about the body brain because there are so many um, neural cells throughout our entire body, our heart and our gut. Yeah. specifically but in places that it's just like scientists are like what and yeah. so now the brain is no longer even considered to be just in our skull it's actually considered to be the body brain okay um, and so we're accessing all of that as well when we're rubbing our tummies so it can be yeah. massive right yeah wow wow yeah i immediately i just want to like come see you immediately <laughs> Hey listeners, I'm just dropping in for a moment to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Women Conquer Business, with one of my favorite hosts, Jen McFarlane. Part of holistic healthcare for me is taking time to nurture my business because like most business owners, my business is a part of me. One of the ways I do that is by listening to podcasts from other heart-centered entrepreneurs like Jen. She has a contagious can-do attitude and her podcast, Women Conquer Business, is filled with heart, strategy, and tons of inspiration. Women Conquer Business is available on all major podcasting networks and you can learn more about Jen at jenmcfarland.com. Now back to our show. You were talking about it being good for new moms, um, <laughs> C-section. Also, even for natural birth, just because there's been like a natural trauma birth, in the yeah. abdominal, abdominal area. Um, and then for menstrual problems, do you find people get a lot of like maybe relief from cramping or maybe even endometriosis type of issues? Yeah. So I want to step back just real quick okay. and say also with, yeah, it doesn't matter how your birth went, whether it was a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth. Yeah. It's just a huge amount of work for your body to do and a huge amount of change, no matter how you slice it. So I really encourage abdominal work for all new moms. And yeah. then also if you've experienced a miscarriage, um, I always like to put that out there as well, because a lot of women, like, I think we all wish all moms got more support after giving birth. Mm -hmm. And then imagine that cut down by like to a quarter of the support that moms get when when they have a full-term pregnancy um, or they're able to give birth mm -hmm. with miscarriage, like yeah. those appointments are even less and they get so much less support and this abdominal work can really help after a mis miscarriage as well. Oh yeah. Um, so I just wanted to Amazing. throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause even, I mean, in, in some cases, women don't even tell people about it. I mean, they might even yeah. not even have to even go to their doctor for it, honestly, if it's silly enough. Yeah, yeah. And in their body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, everybody's different. But 
for all of the moms that I've worked with that have been through a miscarriage, like they are suffering in silence. And so if that is you just finding an abdominal practitioner near you who can help just kind of restore some normalcy, help you to restore some normalcy to the, to your abdominal area after a miscarriage. Um, even if it was very early on, I've worked with moms who we started the abdominal work for a different reason. And yeah. they didn't even tell me about the miscarriage in the beginning. And then through the course of the abdominal work, they're like, wow, I didn't even know I needed that support. And it becomes mm-hmm. a very, you know, it helps move the emotion through. It helps yeah. grapple with the whole thing. Well, I was even thinking women who have had abortions as well. I mean, I bet that's and I have had, I've worked with those moms or those women as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Big things that happen to our bodies. Yeah. And then there is so much silence around them. So mm-hmm. just, yeah, I just like to throw that into the whole um, being pregnant at all for any yeah. reason. And then ha- however that pregnancy ended, mm-hmm. um, it, your body goes through massive changes, even if it was a very short pregnancy. So mm-hmm. good to keep yeah. an eye on that. Yeah. And just the emotional piece as well, especially yeah. for those two instances. Um, but even um, postpartum depression probably can be helped by abdominal work because yeah. again, talking about the gut brain, which okay. yeah. is big time. Um, so yeah. So pregnancy, no matter how it ends. And then, um, yeah, I was asking about menstrual problems yeah. or uterine issues. So the, Menstrual cramping has, um, there's not one cause of menstrual cramping. Sometimes it's hormonal. And Mm -hmm. so if somebody's cramping is due to the way that their hormones in their body act, there's nothing that I'm going to do with abdominal work that's going to stop that cramping from happening or, you know, even reduce it by much. Um, But there are certainly uh, a number of women who experience extreme abdominal cramping because the uterus is um, kind of stuck maybe mm-hmm. in a way that when it tries to, to contract, to push the blood out when we're, when we're menstruating, mm-hmm. that contraction is yanking on adhesions. Um, and it might be yanking on the small intestine that it lost. It might be oh, okay. uh, yanking on the broad ligament that suspends. So that there's the broad ligament that suspends the uterus and the bladder in our bodies. And if one side of the ligament is really cranked down and tight, every time your uterus tries to contract, it's going to be pulling on this thing that's already tight. Yeah. And so those if that's what's contributing to the cramping, then yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we can reduce a lot of that. So it just kind of depends menstrual-wise what's happening. Well, even like uh, digestive order disorders yeah. during menstrual, the menstrual yeah. cycle can definitely. And it's very common actually for um, the intestines. So for the intestines, you know, so they sort of, the lowest part of the small intestines there rest on top of the blood or the uterus. Mm -hmm. And if you're having digestive issues that seem to be related to your cycle in Mm -hmm. some way, sometimes separating out, like getting the interaction between the intestines and the uterus fluid again, getting them slippery again, Uh go a long way towards resolving the digestive side of it, right? Yeah. And then if you've had a hysterectomy, suddenly these intestines that have been used to for your whole life interacting with the uterus they're now interacting with your bladder. And so this can really change a lot of symptomology as well, right? Um, And so you want to make sure, and what I find, and what a lot of body workers who do this work find, is that after a hysterectomy, 
the intestines will kind of settle a little bit lower and then get stuck there almost immediately <laughs> because uh, they're just not, your body's trying to figure everything out. Yeah. It's trying to heal after your surgery and all of that stuff. But if we can be proactive about like, hey, let's make sure that as your intestines are finding this new place, mm -hmm. this new interaction, um, let's make sure that everything's slipping and sliding as well as we want it to be. So yeah. that over time, developing the symptoms that can come with this. Mm -hmm. What are some of the symptoms that can come with that? The digestive changes. So sometimes okay. it'll, it'll look like constipation or just a change in digestion. Okay. Um, oftentimes it's like cramp digestive cramping, which is okay. distinct from like uterine cramping. Mm -hmm. right? Um, Sometimes it can lapse into like suddenly I'm constipated or suddenly I'm always having loose stools mm -hmm. or um, suddenly I feel nauseous when I'm eating or during certain okay. parts of digestion. Um, sometimes it shows up as like I, um, I used to, like I'm pretty active. I used mm -hmm. to be able to do push-ups or I used to be able to do squats, but now like it doesn't feel right. Like I try to do a push-up and my oh. belly hurts or I okay. try things like that. And so changes to things that you're pretty used to doing. Uh -huh. and suddenly it's like, why can't I do this anymore? It doesn't make any sense. Uh -huh. The way that our organs are either stuck to each other or not can yeah. actually have a really huge impact on that. It's sort of surprising sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Symphysis pain. So pubic bone pain uh -huh. uh, that can be really sharp and very unsettling. Um, that can be a part of it. Um, yeah. So, um, so you work, you work all parts of the belly and it's all externally, correct? Or yes. do you do any internal work? I do not do any internal work. That's just not, I'm not called to do it. And there are so many, I have wonderful practitioners that I refer to for that. Mm -hmm. If I feel that people need it or could benefit from it, mm -hmm. um, and are in the place for it. Some people yeah. have already been really traumatized by their medical procedures and yeah. they need to stay fully closed for my sessions. Mm -hmm. So probably not going to at least initially recommend that they do internal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we want to moderate these things. Yeah. Um, your work, is your work fully closed then most of the time or always? No, it can be. Um, okay. and it just depends on the client. Most of my clients are fully unclosed. Like okay. they're just like, do whatever you need to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and the skin to skin does help to get a read on things or for the fascial component. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, there still are times where I'll cover up the belly and work through the sheet mm -hmm. because it gives you a different tactile thing going on, you know, yeah. different leverage with different tissues in the belly. Yeah. Um, so there's no real rule to it, but, um, but yeah, I, people generally undress. So they can do, but they can do it fully clothed. And then when they are undressed, um, like, I know here in Oregon and not everywhere, but our laws are pretty strict about yeah. raping and stuff. So even when they're unclosed, they're still covered. The breasts are still covered. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. Okay. So full, full, like the only thing that's exposed is the belly itself. Cool. Um, and the area that I'm working. And so it's okay. never below the pubic bone and it's never above the breasts. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that, like, so I do a lot of breast drapes, even for my male clients for mm -hmm. warmth, you know, right. like getting chilly. <laughs> does not help the session. So. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So I um, know of some clients of mine even, and just, I know a lot of people um, personally that don't really like their bellies being touched. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I know, I don't know, do people still come to you even though they don't really enjoy their bellies being touched? Yes. So a lot of people will come and be like, I've never, no massage therapist or anybody has ever really touched my belly. Before, uh-huh. And they're very worried about it, but they're uh-huh. in enough discomfort, enough pain that they're willing to kind of try it out. Yeah. And of course, as a practitioner, like my first session spiel is if you need this to stop at any time, we just stop. Mm-hmm. No problem. Like, yeah. I don't have, I really have no ego invested in this. I just want to help to the extent that I can, but if you need it to stop, that's fine. I've had people who've been through sort of abuse trauma and they're not even sure that they're going to be able to lay on the table face up without being triggered into yeah. an emotional state that they just have to leave. And that's acceptable. That is per- like, I obviously I'm not going to like hold <laughs> them down and be like, no, you have to have your belly massage. But because <laughs> this is what I do, yeah. they know what they're coming into. Right. And, and they've done some enough work with themselves initially to even be able to come to my office. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece of it. Yeah. And then I, you know, part of its experience, like I've just worked with people in extreme forms of pain and not, not everybody has extreme pain. Um, thankfully, (laughs) um, you know, but I have, I do have a sense for it. I know how vulnerable this can feel. And I have a lot of tools at my disposal to make it as comforting and nurturing as possible, even when we're doing stuff that's not fully like comfortable, like mm-hmm. you access a pain point and you've accessed a pain point. Yeah. So what do we do then? And I take great pride in that for the clients who have done enough of their own emotional work, like even that have had abuse in their past or um, things like that. I take great pride in the fact that most of them get off the table and they are just grateful. And they are like, I, I can't even believe that I was able to be on the table, but it felt so good, even yeah. when it didn't feel good, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Because I was that I was going to say that that sometimes the work can be pretty uncomfortable. I'm sure. Yeah, for people that are totally fine with you touching their belly, but just like you said, touching pain points, and then also um, emotional releases that do come with yeah. with any kind of belly gut work. Um, so you are trained in ways to be able to kind of just be there to hold space for the people in those times. And yeah, if that's needed. And I, you know, I think it's not even about that piece is not even about training. That's just having yeah. worked with people for so long. You know, I mean, I've been in practice for 12 years. And so even with outside of the abdominal work, we get emotional releases from working mm-hmm. on our shoulders or our yeah. ankle or you know, whatever it yeah. might be. So that's just kind of a known quantity to me. And it doesn't, I don't, you know, if somebody starts crying on the table or I had one client who, um, she's the only one I've had like this, but she would lapse into uncontrollable laughter. Like <laughs> that was just her emotional, tr- uh-huh. that trigger. Um, so there's also, I have one client who curses like a sailor when we hit this <laughs> one spot on her every time. Like it's just, and that's fine with me. Like I'm whatever, uh-huh. just have the response you need to have. But yeah. So that's more about experience and, and yeah. kind of understanding the boundaries of safety and of emotional release. And having had these releases on the table myself, mm-hmm. and I know how vulnerable it is to have somebody touching me and be crying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, that's a part of it. And that's something yeah. I think you develop as a practitioner over time anyway. Yeah. Um, but also to be able to judge like, okay, this emotional release is such that we're going to switch things up. Like Mm -hmm. we'll come back to the belly, but for right now I'm going to have you flip over onto your tummy and we're going to do some back work or, you know, to be able to switch it up enough to Mm -hmm. help the nervous system settle. 
again. Okay. So it's, the session doesn't have to be like 100% just on the belly. No. In fact, I think it can't be once in a while it is, Okay, um, but that can just lead to overload depending yeah. on what's happening for the client. Uh-huh. And so, you know, my, the way I start sessions is I'll check kind of through their whole body. I'm looking to see like, how are their legs moving? Because how the legs interact with the pelvis and the abdomen is huge for somebody. Yeah. We might actually need to work on their upper legs to get the releases in their belly that we're looking for mm-hmm. um, or in their low back or in their glutes. And so yeah. very rarely do we spend the whole time on the belly. I would say on average, we spend half to three quarters of the session in the belly specifically. Mm-hmm. And then, but we need to make sure that as a practitioner and as the client, as the person receiving, we're remembering in a very physical way that the belly is part of the whole. Right? Yes. It's not, I'm not like a, I don't take a mechanical view of the body. I don't think that our arm is an arm is an arm. I think the arm is an extension of the torso and the neck and the head and the belly and everything. Like, yeah. So as such, the belly is part of the whole. And I don't, I don't want to forget that as a practitioner and I don't want my clients forgetting that. And so we always spend some time just like, like it may only be a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. still kind of like touching through the rest of the body. Just mm. Yeah. Lovely. Cause it is all connected. All yeah. connected. I mean, it's all part of a whole. It's yes. it, yeah. So yes, it's the body. It's all, it's all one right. thing. Um, so let's talk before, before we close here in a few minutes, I want to talk about the things that you do for other practitioners. Um, I know that you yeah. have a couple different training programs. Um, there's one that we chatted about before this conversation, before we started recording, um, that I'm completely fascinated by. So mm-hmm. tell everybody about that, about yeah. abdominal training. So um, a colleague and I who also does abdominal work, mm-hmm. and we do essentially the same work, and we've been trained by at least one of the people we've trained with is we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, we know many of the same things, but we're different practitioners, so we practice in different ways. Yeah. I love that. I love that different practitioners can do, quote unquote, the same work, but in different ways and from different perspectives. I think mm-hmm. that's so important. Um, and anyway, so about four years ago, we put together a training program for other practitioners who are already licensed to touch, who, um, so massage therapists, we've had a nurse and a, you know, different types of practitioners have gone through the program. Uh, but it's essentially setting up a framework to take the skills that you already have as a body worker mm-hmm. or a touch therapist of any kind, taking those skills and learning how to apply them to the abdomen in a way, in the belly, in a way that's creates a safe and effective treatment for your clients so that as you learn, you know, you'll take more advanced hands-on trainings for the belly in the future, Mm -hmm. but that you can actually just start with the skills that you have. And so that's how we, and we of course teach specific hands-on abdominal skills throughout the course. Yeah. Uh, But the whole idea is that you don't have to like do a four week training course to learn to just start to work with the belly. Right. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so yeah, I we I love this course. And so that's on the website as well over at abdominaladhesiontreatment.com. And that's for practitioners. And that's because we need more people who can work with the belly in mm-hmm. this, as I always say, safe and effective way. Yeah. 
so many people who need the work and I get email after email after email from people, do I know somebody in this state? Do I know somebody in this country? Do I know somebody in, like who does this work? And it's mm -hmm. too hard to find people who do this. Mm -hmm. yep. So one, train people to do it through this program, which is also NCBTMB certified for mm -hmm. 80 credits um, for and massage therapists who can use those. Um, and then as a part of that, there's also, I put up just this little tiny, I mean, it's tiny now, but hopefully more and more people who know how to work with the belly, yeah. um, a directory of practitioners so that I can just say, look on the directory to find somebody near you who, yeah. who actually self-identifies as being able to help people with their abdominal distress. Mm -hmm. so. Nice. Nice. Is Now, is this a course that um, is only in person or is it online? How do you... Oh. Good question. I didn't clarify that. Yeah, it's an online course. So it is. It's a okay. Set of videos that Angela and I um, walk people through the different techniques and ways of thinking about it. We talk a lot about the additional intake stuff that you need to keep an eye on if you're going to start doing abdominal work, um, getting people through a session. So it's it's in many ways very basic, but it's so mm -hmm. foundational. Both Angela and I felt that like we put it all into this. It's an online training, and you cool. can just start it, do it whenever whenever you feel the urge. <laughs> nice. And then, oh, and then I'll, sorry, I'll just throw in really quick. Yeah. When you join the practitioner program, you also get access to those self-care programs that I was talking about that I created. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask about that next. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> that actually, we teach hands-on stuff in the practitioner program, uh -huh. but self-care program is loaded with like every technique that I could think of to tell people how to work on for themselves. Uh -huh. so practitioners watch it, they're getting those same techniques, nice. which is like a download of like every technique, abdominal technique that I had to offer. Sweet. Um, so, so you get both when you join the practitioner program. So um, how, do, how can people access, people that aren't practitioners, access those um, videos for self-care? Can they still? Yeah, so those are all on the website. Um, and if you don't want to go through the business of typing in abdominaladhesiontreatment.com, mm -hmm. <laughs> just type in healmybelly.com and it'll Heal take my belly. Okay. Healmybelly.com. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Healmybelly.com. Um, is, is there one technique that you could describe on this podcast? For people to yeah. So, so I think... So the number one question that I get from people who are considering the online programs, mm -hmm. especially is I'm really afraid I'm going to hurt myself. How do I, how do I know how much to do or how deep to go? And so one of my favorite techniques of all abdominal work is I, I call it the sinking in technique. Okay. And just soothe, smooth your belly, rub it a little bit. Just get your belly used to the idea like, Oh, I'm going to be like touching here. Mm -hmm. And once you've done that little warm up, then just sink, take the, take your fingertips in a relaxed way. And just start to pick any point on your belly. It doesn't even matter where. Okay. And just let your fingers rest on your skin. And then take a deep breath and relax. And try to let your spine relax. Try to let your hips relax. Try to let your belly relax. And just notice how your fingertips just start to sink in. Mm. And they'll sink in. And you might have to exert like a little bit of pressure. But it's really about following the opening of the tissues of your belly. Okay. And when you do that sink-in technique, you'll access things as you go down through each layer of your belly. Like some things will feel super soothing and some things like then occasionally or often, depending on yourself, your belly, 
you'll hit somewhere that you're like, whoa, what is that? Either because it causes a burning sensation or a sharp stabbing or an ache or a, like something's weird. Mm-hmm. And just rest there and keep your sinking in mindset. Keep your body as relaxed as possible and just gather information. How does that feel? How is it changing as you continue to hold on to that space in your belly? Yeah. Uh, so I love the sinking in technique. Like that. Yeah. And do you need to use any oil for that or just... You can do it through your clothes, through your skin. You can use oil if you want to. Some people for their belly stuff, they love castor oil. Okay. For some people, it makes no difference at all. Okay. Um, I just recommend you lay down if you can do it. Um, Sitting up or standing up, we're accessing, we're activating muscles to keep ourselves upright. So you might get a little ways in, but you'll get the most ways in if you are laying down. Okay. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And then um, one last uh, program that I want to give a mention to is your um, your business program for massage therapists. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, can you just describe that in just a couple sentences and give everybody the website? Yes. So it's at yourmassagepractice.com. Okay. And the idea is that massage therapy, I think our profession is healthiest when Every massage therapist who wants their own practice has their own practice. Mm-hmm. Some people love to work for other people or in a clinic, and that's, that's great. But for those of us who really want to work for ourselves and manage our own clientele and do our work in the way that we want to do it for the long term, mm-hmm. we need some serious business chops to make that happen. Yeah. So my business training program for massage therapists specifically um, is a comprehensive program, also certified by NCBTMB. Um, for 42 credit hours. It's a big program. Mm-hmm. And that's over at yourmassagepractice.com. Nice. Yeah. And that's all online. And then I am a monthly guest on Isabel's podcast. She also has Yay. a podcast herself and it's her massage practice podcast. It is. And is there, is that a weekly podcast or comes out a few times a month? Yeah. It comes out one to two times a month. Okay. Depending on how much time I have to do everything <laughs> that needs to be done to make that happen. <laughs> and, and depending on, and ours is usually the first Friday of the month, although we've been on a little break over the summer, but we'll be starting that back up in just a week and a day, basically next week. Yay. So as Isabel has, you have all kinds of awesome things going on. I loved hearing about your abdominal work. We haven't really talked a lot about that because usually we focus on the business stuff. So that's great to know. And I also know something about Isabel, something she told me when I first met her, when I was asking her about the massage, the business building program, I was saying, well, when are you going to retire from massage? And she said, ne-. she looked me straight in the eye and said, never. <laughs> I don't know if that has changed because that was a couple years ago now, actually, but I just thought that was really cool because I can see the love that you have for the profession and for the belly and that <laughs> comes from it. So I love that you've set up a little directory. People can find other practitioners that do this work wherever they're at. And then if people want to do the self-care stuff themselves, I think that's a great resource you offer as well. But I, it definitely sounds like if people are having these issues that you talked about, they should um, see a professional to, to get that worked on, at least to start with, and then learn some of the self-care stuff. 
Yeah. And I've actually, I've set up the self-care stuff because so many people don't have a practitioner near them to be able to help themselves, even in like some of the most extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. And people have really gotten a lot of relief out of the self-care programs. It is nice to be able to work with a practitioner if you can. Absolutely. But I created that program because so many people don't have that option. Um, And I created it in such a way that it's not meant to replace working with a practitioner, but you can get a lot of mileage out of it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's always fun. You've just listened to Holistic Healing Connection with me, Amber Cook. You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches, and practitioners at healingways.com. That's healing, W-A-Z-E.com, or on most major social media outlets. If you are a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.